0: Hi, this is Steve Addison, and you're listening to the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today, we're going to talk to a brother we'll call Deepak. He's in India, and God's using him to multiply movements of disciples and churches in a nation of 1.3 billion people. I came to know the Lord in 1999 and uh, was in a church and uh, so one day our pastor called five of us on a new year's eve and he laid down a map of our surrounding areas Uh, and he asked us so this is the map and uh, lay your hands on it and pray and ask Lord whichever the place which Lord would be taking you you are going to start churches there. And Lord led me to a place uh, near Delhi. So I came here and started praying, went out, shared the gospel, and immediately, like in the first month itself, uh, in Gurgaon, our church had 40 people. The next month, the people came, they... Uh, were all against, they threw away the Bibles, they tore off the songbooks, and the whole church was shut down. Only three people were there in the church. It went like that for one and a half years. And I was struggling in my heart, praying, Lord, what, what should I do so that this church gets started again? So from 2002 till 2010, we were only 30 people. Leading a position of church planting head in the org and only having 30 people in my own church was so frustrating that in 2010, I decided to quit everything. Then one of the brothers named Eric, he asked me if I can interpret for him in a training in Haryana. some, uh, And I agreed it. I was already made up my mind that uh, 2010 is the last year. I will go back. uh, I'm an MBA, so I'll go back to the world and uh, leave the church, leave the org, and start, uh, just decided to be as a believer. So while I was with him in the training, this brother Eric, what he did was He was sharing the vision, Revelation 7, 9. Every tongue, tribe, people will accept and they will be worshipping the Lord. He looked in my eyes and said, do you believe it? And that struck deep inside my heart. Do I believe it? And he went ahead. He was just training. And every time he used to say something and he used to look into my eyes. And I'm interpreting for him. But at the same time, my heart started to feel a little uneasy that, okay, today is the time that I need to see whatever I am even speaking out from my, my mouth, I am I really believing it. So he shared that this is the vision from the Lord and uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the Great Commission, everyone knows, church people know, many people know the verse, but He looked up again in my eyes and said, Deepak, do you believe this, that Lord has commanded this to happen? And that was my breaking point. And as I was interpreting in my heart, I confessed, Lord, I have used my brain, I have used my mind, but honestly, I didn't have believed it. So being in that training, interpreting for him, realized my few mistakes, which I have been doing in the church. One was not believing in the word. Second was, I tried to implement strategies into my church, but that was like never told people. I told people, go out and share your testimony. But our church people were very good with the Bible. So they used to share from Genesis to Revelation in their own personal testimony. And uh, it was not relevant for anyone who is listening to that. So I realized the people should know the testimony part very well, which reflects their life in Christ. So I knew that the three questions of testimony, what was life before Christ, how I met Christ, how uh, what's my life after meeting Christ. I knew that. I taught the church, never told them to practice it. So the next thing I realized was, does my v- church know the vision that they are equally responsible for fulfilling Lord's vision in, the, in his kingdom? The answer was no, they don't know it. While coming back from the training, I requested this brother, brother, can you please come to my church, train my church. So 2011, uh, uh, we had our first training in January, on a Sunday. And um, he came, he trained the church with the vision part. And I managed to gather all the thirty people on that Sunday, and told them, today, we are going to learn something and we are going to practice something. So he taught the vision, we practiced the vision with each other, challenging each other that do do we really are on board to fulfill the vision of the lord or not with that challenging question and uh, confession of uh, confession prayers going out uh, different people praying that lord we never thought about it it was a really different moment for my life then what we did was he immediately went to the next step of the four fields training And he said, okay, we are going to learn how to share the gospel. So go learn the testimony part and used and trained us in the Roman road. We practiced in the church. And then Eric said, stop. We have practiced it. If the church is not finished, we are going out now. So we went out immediately. Eric took me along with him and he did it in the field I saw him doing it and I was so convinced that if he can do it I can also do it I have been trying practicing my pastor uh, in my early days as a believer has taken me to different houses to share Mm -hmm. the gospel I have seen that but that day when I realized it that so simply just using the testimony and the Roman road the gospel was shared when we came back, it was the moment of joy. It was a moment we cried. I cried that day. And 30 people had shared the gospel with 179 people. Out of those 90 people have said yes to the Lord. That was the start of our church. The, I, I would say that was the start of our real church. We changed our Sunday services. We used to have two songs, then a time of testimony. So we stopped asking people that you are healed with fever or you are healed or this happened, that happened. No, we put a whiteboard up, asked everyone. The testimony part should revolve uh, around the people whom you have shared the gospel with. So putting five questions up, how many houses did you go? How many people you shared the Christ with? How many people prayed to receive Christ? How many wanted to know more? And which is the next place or next people you're planning to go? So we started asking those people every every Sunday, we did that. And uh, after that, we used to go into the training time of next step of four fields. And then we, Uh, of course, we used to take offering and then pray. So we did that every Sunday. What changed was people went out and they started sharing gospel in all over different places in my city, in Gurgaon. So when the people went out and started sharing gospel, what happened was they saw a lot of the like different different colonies different places different uh villages around they started she seeing people who are coming to uh, know the lord and then when they were trained with uh, leading the group also and doing the seven commands as a discipleship tool so they started gathering them the biggest change happened was in next three months we were on 23 new places, 23 new groups of disciples who have accepted Christ. And they had, uh, like some of them have went ahead and taken baptisms. Not all of them took baptisms, but the, but the best part was there was a guy from our church in every one of those places who has taken lead, gone out to those places, shared the gospel And brought them together. And he was training them. He or she was training them. There were couples who used to go. There were single people who used to go. That's how that big change started to come in our church. After four months. We decided that we will check on all those 23 places. We went ahead and saw that the growth was kind of shrinking. And I don't. Mean to say the growth only refers to the numbers in the place, number of people coming to the place. My desire was growth means next step, where, which next place, which next church, which next village, sorry, which place they are going. So we found out that if like a lot of the groups were very happy in fellowshipping, worshiping, teaching, but they were very low on going out. So we took a strong decision. We told the gathered all those leaders and told them, "No more teaching on seven commands until you go to the command which we our seven commands follows like repentant, believe, baptism, prayer, go and make disciples, love, and uh, Lord's supper and offering." So I I told them. So you have crossed the fourth command, go and make disciples, but you have not modeled it. So let's stop teaching now. Take all of the people out. Make their cost list again. Ask them about any place which Lord is putting them into their hearts and take them out. Until then, you can meet, but you are not allowed to come to the main place. Uh, that changed the whole... Thing about our own church in Gurgaon, teaching which we have learned. That was the big change in our church attitude, in our people's attitude. We will uh, train the guys in the church to share the gospel, train them into their responsibility in the vision, completing the vision of the Lord, and then take them out, model it, and then assist them to see what is happening Uh, how they can do it, allow them to do it on themselves. The thought of everyone uh, getting to know that it's their responsibility. It's their responsibility to reach out people. It's not pastor's responsibility. It's not someone else's responsibility. The first thing was that. Second thing was they had a very simple tool into their hands, which they thought that uh, I also think is they never needed to go to any place to get trained about it. They were getting trained in the church and they were going out. And it was easily transferable to people. Even they learned it, they were teaching in their own uh, groups or house churches and they were those people were confident in going out. So it was not kind of a rigid uh, or a tough curriculum they needed to follow. It was very simple and easily transferable. So by the end of uh, 2011, we were 80 churches. Every church had almost 30 to 40 people. Apart from one family in our church, there was no one from uh, like the Christian background. Everyone was, is uh, from Hindu. Uh, Steve, that was the real joy. You remember I told you I was frustrated and about to quit. That was the real joy. That one year was like fulfilling all of the back 10 years' roots. Mm. I was so excited. I never saw that. Never saw that happen. Never saw it uh, multiply so fast. And the best part was uh, I was enjoying that people are obedient and they are trusting into the vision. They are trusting into the Lord that the Lord can do it. And they were seeing the fruits in front of them. I'll share an example about it. So, uh, 2010, Christmas, a family was invited into our church with one of the existing families. Their husband's name is also as my name, Deepak. And wife's name is Puja. So Deepak and Pooja came. After the Christmas service, they went back in 2011 when we had our first training. And that Sunday, Deepak and Pooja walked into the church. And I thought, man, they are just new people. How can they understand what we are going to do? Me who told them, today we are going to do different. I'll just pray for you and you can leave. And I prayed for them and they left. Ten minutes later, while I was doing interpretation for a week and the training started, I saw Deepak and Puja walk back into the church. I couldn't stop them. While the training was going on, while the we were learning about sharing the testimony and the Roman role and practicing it, Puja gave her life to Christ. We didn't know that. After a week, I got a call from the brother who had invited Deepak and Puja to the church. And this brother told me, Oh, they want you to come to their house. Their landlord wants to meet with you. And I said, okay, great, I can go. And as we reached their house, I came to know their landlord was one of the prominent lawyers in our city. I thought, okay, something bad has happened now. And he just said one thing. He said, I just wanted to know, what did you do with Pooja? We were fed up with her. We wanted them to vacate the house because... She used to quarrel so much with people. And from last one week, she is so quiet. So I wanted to know, what what did you do? So I told him, sir, only I shared my life with her. What do I believe? So we went down and went down to Puja and Deepak's house. And in their one-room house, there were eight different people sitting there. And uh, I asked Deepak and Puja, how can I help? And they said, oh, we told them they are sinners and they need to accept Jesus. Apart from this, we could not tell them anything. So we called you so that you can share now. So it was an opportunity for me. I told this brother who called me, there, Vachandev, uh, Vachandev, why don't you share your testimony? I'll share the Roman road. And we shared owning the vision two people walked out they said no we don't want to hear it six people gave their life to christ two weeks later out of those six three were baptized so joyful that everything was it was multiplying people we're seeing people lives change so next thing was the big change we decided i cannot go to all those 23 places i cannot go to we are training these people up we have Raise them as leaders now. Let's give them the authorities. So the first authority which we decided how we can give away authority is that now it's a rule in the church. The one who shares the gospel is the one who baptizes them. Don't come to the main leaders to the church to have a baptism service or do baptisms. If you have shared the gospel and the person has accepted Christ through you, it's your responsibility to baptize. After 2013, Steve, I have baptized only this year because some of the children grew up in the church and they wanted to take baptism from me. Giving away authorities like that, baptism, asking them to keep the tithes and offering at their own places, use it to advance the kingdom, whatever way they think it needs to be used. People started. One of my friends, he came down, he saw the church. And he said, what did you do with your dead church? When you have trained someone theologically, and I'm a teacher of him, and he comes down, but he's my friend. He comes down and says, what did you do to your dead church? So I thought, realized, oh man, this guy was thinking my church was dead. So I shared with him. I shared with a few of my friends, what did we do? And they went ahead, they saw, they visited some groups, and they saw it. what was happening there. They asked me if I can come down and train there. We were three main people in Burgaon who were trying to practice the whole four fields training. One of Eric's friends was in the town. He came down, Joey, and we asked him, okay, what's next? What we can do next? Uh, The guys are asking, we need to train the churches. We want to do it. Let's do it. We became as a team, of four people and went ahead and started training five different churches in Haryana same thing happened the churches started to grow we needed to sit down with them and ask them to release the authority to people and by like more and more villages started to cover by end of 1180 churches but we had 100 plus villages where people had gone Eventually, we shared the gospel. We got together, all of us, and we started meeting every month. We became a team. bond in our team is still strong, but it was on the basis of reaching out and fulfilling the vision. We wanted to see every place in Haryana, every district having a multiplying ch- churches. We wanted to see every UUPG, finished in this day. How we came to know about EUPG, I would uh, say this because I always feel this in my life. There were many people in different seasons who have mentored me. And I praise God for that. Lord had put right people in my life. It was Eric who showed me how we can go ahead and uh, see the multiplication happen. Joy came in my life and I love Joey. So one day he walks to my house. He sits in front of me and says, what do you want to see in your church? Now the church is growing. Things are happening. What do you really want to see? And I said, I want to see that if people, if like every caste or people group should be into the churches. And he said, how is that going to happen? So remember, Steve, I'm a pastor. I know how to answer things. Uh, so I just said, okay, talking about caste in India is a big issue. So what I'll do is I'll pray for them that they come to the church. I don't want to ask my people to go, go uh, and uh, try to engage caste because we see casteism is a big problem there. So Joey looked into my eyes and said, by your prayer, people are going to come to the church. How is that going to happen? And he pulled out a list of UUPGs and placed in front of me. Just in case people don't realize it, a UUPG is an unreached, unengaged people group. He said, if you don't, don't go out, if you don't tell your people to share, this is the list of 33 UUPGs in your own state. You will be held responsible by the Lord for not reaching out to them. Hearing that challenge, I thought, man, this guy is really nuts. He's so I said, Okay, we'll pray about it. And he said, When are you going to pray about it? This guy is not leaving me, man. I need to do something. So I said, Okay, I'll pray for three days Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Good. I'll give you a call on Saturday and talk about it. And they said, I'll fast and pray. And he said, brother, I'm going to fast with you and pray with you. And if you want, I can come down to your house and we can sit and pray together. So three days of fasting prayer. And Lord finally convinced me with that. He gave me Psalms 2.8. Ask of me and I will give you nations as an inheritance. So Joey called on Sunday and he said, I'm coming down. You have fellowship with you. What did Lord tell you? And I just said, Joy, read Psalms to it. This is the verse which Lord gave me after three days of fasting. So I asked all of our, we decided, okay, let's check out on the list of people groups coming into our churches in all of the places, those five churches in Haryana, our churches in Gurgaon. Let's check out all those 100 plus villages which are coming to see. Uh, let's see that. And when I, we checked out. So out of those 33 lists, we had already 10 people, uh, 10 UPGs, unreached and engaged people groups in our churches. We were so excited. Let's start training those people who have come from these UPGs. We train them and ask them go back to your own people. Fear of that shame was also there. That I cannot go to my own people. So I will go to my friends. I will go to my neighbors. I will go to my Uh, workplace people, but I will not go to my own people. I can share with my own family, but I could not share with my uncles. They would immediately say, oh, you have defiled us. You have now uh, become a Christian. Experienced that in my own family. Uh, My grandmother died and I went for her funeral into my hometown village. And my father and my grandfather My maternal grandfather, they just told me, all my uncles and aunts, they told me, we don't want a Christian in our midst. You should leave the house. So coming out of that fear, going back to my own caste people was huge for us. That would be true for people in different castes that they were very reluctant to go beyond their immediate family because the caste would reject them. We were uh, quite surprised when, it, uh, when we took the bold step, went ahead, started doing it. We were surprised that things were entirely different. I went back to my uncle's house, shared the gospel with him. He and his wife accepted Christ. But it took me from 2001 till 2012. I, when Joey started challenging us, I did it. People started seeing it, that their families are coming to know the Lord their own relatives are coming to know the law. That was huge for us. But the major thing, Steve, what next was, in 2013, Joey asked me, or uh, in one of our training times, he just asked me one thing. Why do you hate Muslims? And I said, no, I don't hate them. So he said, why do you fear them then? I said, I don't fear them. Then he asked me, looking in my eyes, why is still not in last two years Not even I have heard about a single Muslim that you have gone out and shared gospel with. Uh, That was was really a moment. What should I do? He asked me, looking into my eyes, tell me, you are fearful or you are full of hate for them? And it went back and needed a time of confession. I asked and told him, I really hate them. We have our own history with them. We have, uh, I had friends in my college and uh, betrayed. I feel betrayed. Probably they also feel betrayed from me, but uh, we didn't end up well. So he said, okay, what's next then? Are you going to live with that hate or you're going to change that? Deep desire you have this hate and how can you stand and sing song of worship. I confess, and praise God. Kevin Greason was called in, and he trained our team. And by the time, in those two years, with my few friends in the beginning, we have became a strong team of nine people. With those nine people team, we were reaching out all over our state, and we were reaching out to a lot of other churches. Not from our own only, but we were training Bivam, GFA. We were training Assemblies of God. We were training a lot of church. We went ahead to share the gospel with We call them our cousins now. We started seeing the results. 2013, one of the brothers up from mountains in the north, he came down and he asked a help from us. And he said, I want to go out and share the uh, gospel around my place I want to go out and share the gospel with my friends and uh, I have been sharing but till now I'm successful with only seven people so we decided we will go up there and uh, uh, train these seven guys so we went up there trained these seven people today there was seven people have become 37 churches, 37 churches. And altogether, we are around 1,800 churches, 1,300 around leaders which we have planned to train. Already, I think 540 are in the process of getting trained. So when I say the process of getting trained is they Mm -hmm. are practitioners with portfolio field, they are trained with foundations, they are uh, trained with cousin engagement, and after foundations, they go ahead for next round of training that is we call confessions, the Baptist faith and message 2017 Lord put this in my heart that now we have a strong team, things are good. And I need to move out of the team. So prayed for three years, got confirmed, and I have moved to Bangalore. Trusting, Lord, what I saw in North, having a strong team and even bringing uh, different other networks as a team together called North India team, apart from my own uh, leadership team. Trusting, God to see that happen in South. South India and islands. want to see that happen. See multiplying churches in villages, see multiplying churches in cities, Multiplying leaders in South India and a strong team of multipliers coming up in South India. There are churches and cities in South India, somewhere in villages also. But my recent experience even in Bangalore, which is quite famous for having big, huge churches, I stepped out with one of the guys I'm training into villages of Bangalore, drove down for three yards couldn't find one church and Deepak what keeps you going the joy of seeing people come to know the Lord and seeing a leader locally rise up in a in a small church or big church a small church with a new place and help him to multiply that is what I want to see Well, if you're enjoying the Movements Podcast, don't forget you can leave a review or uh, spread the word on social media. It'll be a great help. I'm Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast.